Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. So Psalm 90 stands out from the rest, primarily because we get this note at the start that says that it is a, a prayer or a psalm of Moses, the man of God. So unlike the others that are written by David and various other psalmists, the fact that this is written by Moses would suggest that this is one that has been written earlier than those. So this particular psalm is probably written as Moses is stuck in the wilderness, uh, as he's guiding God's people um, out in the wilderness and in the desert, because we know that they never made it to the promised land. So clearly this psalm is written uh, as they are wandering around in the wilderness. We know that they almost got there. They were on the cusp and they sent out some spies who came running back saying, oh, we can't do it, it's too hard. They're all big and we're too small. It's only two of the spies that come back and one of them's Joshua. And it is Joshua who takes the people into the promised land. But they think they can't do it and then they go on uh, what I like to refer to as a long walk. It's, it's a significantly long walk of 40 years uh, in the wilderness. But they weren't just walking around for 40 years. They would have set up camp and spent time in a particular place before moving on to repeat this over and over, over the course of 40 years. And it's at that time that there would have been people in amongst their number that would have died, and they would have been buried, and they would have moved on. These people would never have got into the promised land. God had warned them that there would have been those in that generation that would never have went into the promised land. But as they move on to their next camp, they leave behind those that they have loved and those that have been part of their community. So it's no real surprise that in amongst all of that going on, that Moses is starting to think about life and, and death and where God fits into all of that. You know, in verse 3, Moses writes, you turn us back to dust. You say, turn back, you mortals. They're very much aware of their mortality, that their bodies will eventually fail, and that they go back into the earth. That our time here is a, ma a massively short amount of time, especially in the sense of the way that God looks at things. In verse 4, it says, For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, or like a watch in the night. A very small time in history for God. Seems like a massive long period to us, but to God, it's like a click of the, the fingers. And you might be thinking, Neil, this is a really cheery 
subject to be looking at in the run-up to Christmas. And you'd be right. An Advent. However, there was a reason why I stopped uh, reading at verse 12 rather than going through the entire psalm. Because I wanted us to focus on that particular verse in the context in which it's written. Because in the busyness of our our season, this Advent season and the run-up to Christmas, it can be easy for us to allow time to run away on things that, that aren't allowing us to prepare ourselves well. And it's important that we know the true value of time and how we might be encouraged to use it well. So let's read verse 12 where Moses writes, So teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. You know, when I preached as nominee, here I spoke um, from Solomon, speaking of wanting a, a, a heart after God. You know, and that's what this is, what Moses is getting at here. That it's about having a discerning heart, one that is in tune with what God's thinking is. And Moses is saying we need to be able to count our days. Time is important. And we need to understand that our hearts need to be in the right place. That while all of that stuff is true, that our time here is short, that our bodies will eventually fail, that there's something more going on. And we need to use our time well. That we might gain this godly wisdom that is on offer to us. You know, I've done a a good number of funerals uh, during my ministry. I've done three over the last week. And I understand that, that this is something we struggle with. Death isn't something that we particularly like to dwell upon. It's not something we like to talk about. Um, I don't think anybody particularly likes being at funerals. But Psalm 90, although I don't tend to use it myself, is used by a number of my colleagues um, when they're writing their funeral liturgies. And there's no judgment there just because I don't use it. I'm not, I'm not casting judgment on them. Um, it's clear that Psalm 90 um, is appropriate in the sense that it, it highlights how short our time here on earth is and that death is inevitable. But the thing is, the way that I see it, it's important that we understand these things through God's perspective, that we would have that godly wisdom and as we're asked to, or we're asking God to, to help us to count our days and to be able to gain this wise heart, if all we do is focus on the words of Psalm 90 and the way that Moses wrote them and the things that are in there, the, the, the judgment and the, the wrath and the various other things that are in there, we need to remember that Moses is writing this pre-Jesus and pre-gospel. And the thing is, if all we are to do is to present someone with Psalm 90, then I feel like we kind of shortchange them. Because we need to look at things through the lens of Jesus and through the lens of the, the amazing good news of the gospel. That while life here is short and death is inevitable, Jesus offers us access to an eternal life. One that goes on and on and on with our Father in heaven. 
And that was bought by Jesus. You know, the, the New Testament attitude towards this is quite clear. You know, Paul is able to write in Philippians uh, that, that to, to die is to gain. And that just seems so weird to us. But Paul understands, he's looking at it through the lens of Jesus. And he sees that it's to die is to gain because we gain this eternal life. That, that this isn't it. That this isn't it. This is a time of preparation. An opportunity to be prepared for our eternal life. And it's all because of and found in Jesus. So if we look at the Psalms through, through that lens, then it opens up a whole other realm to us. One that's filled with hope. It gets us to understand that, that death's ability to torment us. But Jesus has come in and stolen away that power. And that's why it's such a privilege to be able to speak at funerals. To be able to, to share this good news of an eternal life that is made available. Even in amongst the, the sadness, the inevitable sadness that comes of losing someone that we care deeply about. And it's not always easy. But the fact that I'm able to speak those words of life into the, those situations is a real privilege. So we have the opportunity to look at this stuff through the lens of Jesus in a way that Moses and David and indeed the other psalmists weren't able to. We live on the other side of Jesus coming to walk amongst us. Emmanuel, God with us. We stand on the other side of him going to the cross, his glorious resurrection, and as we get closer and closer to celebrating that, that first coming, the nativity, God breaking into our world, we might want to remember those words that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, where he says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Where, O oh, death, is your victory? The Psalms are wonderful. They're able to provide us with these very human things. You know, they're writing from that very deep place. They speak of things that, that, that we feel, that, that we think, the challenges that we want to present to God. They're very real and raw and honest, and it's why I love them so much. But it's only through looking at them through the lens of Jesus that we're able to fully grasp what is actually going on that there's hope to be had. That we might be able to see things in the way that God sees them. That we don't get trapped up in our own human emotions. Emotions are fine, but not when they take over godly wisdom. We might understand that our time here is short, but also that it's incredibly valuable. That it's a valuable resource to us. You know, when we want to know the time, we might look at a clock or we might look to a watch. You know, in our modern times, we might take a glance at our phone uh, to see what, what the time is. Not many people wear watches anymore. I don't really wear one anymore. And people that do wear them, they tend to wear them not to tell the time, but to tell them how many steps they've done or however many calories they've burnt or 
it's, it's amazing. But the way that God sees time is very different to us. We need to understand that it's a whole different ballgame to God. When we look at it from God's eternal perspective, that we're not rushed. The thing is, we're given certain things in life that we're trusted with. It might be that we have family to, to care for. We're certainly given the responsibility of, of finances and, and, and work. Also, the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with people. We're given these opportunities to be able to help others in whatever way we can. And we need to make sure that we are actually preparing ourselves during Advent, that we're, we're asking for that, that, that godly wisdom, that our hearts would be prepared. There's that wonderful verse in Psalm 118. There was even a song written about it. Where it says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. And we shouldn't settle for some mediocre, run-of-the-mill life. You know, Jesus came that we might have life in all its fullness, a life of abundance. We're not called to just rattle through life with absolutely no hope and just heading towards the end. There's no need for us to have these fears because Jesus has conquered them all. He's allowed us to have these amazing opportunities. Everything that we have is a gift from God. And we need to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to nurture those and to see them as gifts. Sometimes they can be seen as responsibilities. And in a sense, they are. But they are a gift to us. That we wouldn't take them for granted. That we would do everything that we could to rejoice and be glad in it. Make it count. And the thing is, we know that there are external influences in our world that look to try and knock us off. Things that we don't have any control over at all. Things that come in and they might frustrate us. We might become super angry. And they might cause us great anxiety. Um, you know, for example, we might find ourselves in a hurry. We might be rushing to, to get somewhere that may well be on us. We might have waited too long to get out of bed or it might have been we've taken too long to, to, to leave the house. We're in a rush and in a hurry. And then we find ourselves stuck behind the slowest driver in the entire world. How lucky are we? What a gift. What a gift from God to remind us to slow down. that how we react? I don't think many of us see it as a gift. I think many of us will probably get frustrated. Um, that may well just be me. I don't think it is. But there may also be other things that come, external things that hit us on an emotional level that, that we just weren't expecting. It might be a, a, a really harsh word from someone that just comes out of nowhere you're thinking, whoa, that was, that was unexpected, that was harsh. It might cause us a great degree of, of upset. It may well be grief. We weren't expecting it and we get hit with it. 
whole bunch of things that come in to try and steal that, that joy that we might be able to rejoice. All these external things that we have no control over. But the thing is, we do have the control on how we can respond to these things. We can keep and hold fast to the truths of God. And it doesn't mean that these things automatically become easy, or, but they become easier. That we can remind ourselves of the hope and the joy that, that comes from being in relationship with God through Jesus. You know, the thing is, we've probably all looked out of the window and we take a look and we think, oh, what an awful day. Is that what we mean? We look out and we see rubbish weather and we think, what an awful day. But it's all about perspectives. Just because the weather's horrible doesn't mean necessarily that the day is going to be awful. But we've allowed that to, to kind of creep into our language where we're thinking, oh, what an awful day it is. Well, there's probably lots of really great things that have happened today. But you're allowing the weather to dictate to you whether it's a good day or, a, or an awful day. It's not true. But the thing is, there's also other things that might become, uh, you know, they're unpredictable in our life. And we just, no matter how much we've planned for something, it goes in a completely different direction. And one of the most amazing things that I see as I read the Gospels is just how uh, unpredictable these things are that, that come before Jesus performs miracles. You know, we read of Jesus, he's, you know, wandering along, minding his own business, probably talking to, to John and, and, and to Peter. And then, boom, he's forced into a situation where amazing things happen on the back of it. wasn't planned. It was unpredictable. And that's the same for us. There can be unpredictable things that, that cause us anxiety and, and they're horrendous, but equally there can be unpredictable things where you go, wow, that was, that was awesome. Amazing things can happen. However, if we're holding to what Moses is saying in verse 12 of Psalm 90 about receiving this wisdom of the heart, getting this godly wisdom, then we'll be able to respond and to deal with these things, whether they're good or whether they're, they're, they're bad, because we're getting that godly insight into what is going on. We're able to rely on God's wisdom in those moments. There are actually two things that are inevitable in life. And I've spoken about them before. The first is that each and every one of us is given 24 hours each and every day. And again, if I've done my maths right, I have to write it down here because I usually get it wrong. 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds. Each and every one of us gets that every single day. That while we are all uniquely created by God with different gifts, different passions, different backgrounds, each and every one of us has the same amount of time each and every day. Doesn't matter whether you are Elon Musk, and I probably wouldn't have bought Twitter, um, or whether you're Neil Watson. You all have 24 hours in every single day. 
And how we use them and how we view them is incredibly important, which is why we need our, our hearts to gain that wisdom that Moses is talking about, that we would understand the value of it. The second thing is that each and every one of us has no idea when our last day on earth will be. None of us do. Well, I hope it's not. Today could be my last day here on earth. I just don't know. God does. It's incredibly important that we understand we're not in control of that. God is in control of it. But we are in control of how we can live our lives day by day. And if we're just to think about it, what would it look like if I lived my life as if each day was my last? What would that look like? It might be that we don't want to have any regrets. So we say yes more to things that might have we might have been a bit wary of in the past. We might say, no, I'm going to try it now. I don't want any regrets. It might be that we don't want anything left unsaid or undone. The, the numerous arguments that we have with people, we don't necessarily want to leave it in that place. We might want to fix that before we have our last day on earth. It might be that we don't want to feel like we've wasted time that we've been given gifts that we've not really used? Have we wasted time? We might want to feel that we've made a difference, not only in our own life, but in the lives of others, those that we love, and equally those that we don't really know that well, but that we've been able to make a difference. You know, I've been thinking quite a lot over this last week of uh, Doddy Weir, and as a child growing up, I loved him. This big, gangly, giraffe-looking guy. Well, I was not that. I was a scrum half. But I've been thinking about him all week, that what he was able to do, knowing that he didn't have long left on earth, he was living each day as if it was his last. A young man who had been robbed of a healthy old age, a sportsman. Now, he could have spent some time hidden away from everyone, that we would only remember him as the, 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 the big sportsman that he was, rather than what he, become, he became. But he didn't. He chose to do something completely different. And he, and he was amazing. The amazing work and the, the amounts of money that he'd been able to raise um, with the help of others and to highlight the, 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 the causes around MND, unbelievable. Looking to seek a cure or some medication that will help people to have a better quality of life. You know, Doddy was no doubt able to value his time far more than he probably did before his MND diagnosis. He knew that time was short and he needed to value it and, and make a difference. There was no time to float through life thinking, oh, tomorrow will do. And I know myself that I can fall into that pattern with so many things. I think, oh, I've got, I'll do it tomorrow. 
The thing is, tomorrow actually isn't a guarantee for any of us. And at its best, today is an opportunity to prepare for tomorrow because it has such a huge impact on what we do tomorrow. And it's important that we understand that, that how we use our time today will have that huge impact on our tomorrow. Jesus said that he came that we might have life and life to the fullest. Not that we would just float through and have a mediocre life, but it would be a full and abundant life. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to understand that, and he's shown it to us in the person of Jesus. That while we are here and we are only here for a short time, our time matters. That we don't miss out on opportunities that are presented to us. That we don't put things off and spend time doing things uh, that are frivolous rather than the important stuff and focusing on the things that God is leading us into. He's gave us these gifts and these passions and skills that we might use them to benefit the world. You know, it's one of life's crimes that that we don't often realize the value of something until we lose it. You know, it's so frustrating when you, you've had something in your life for such a long time and you take it for granted and then it's not until it's gone that you really see its full value and it's one of life's crimes. But the thing is, I want us to remember this morning and be really focused on it that the days that God has given us are precious and valuable. And we need to not just take it for granted, but actually focus in and and realize the value that we treasure every moment, treasure every day that God has given us here. So as we continue our journey through Advent and towards the celebration of the birth of Jesus, might we take on board these words from Psalm 90? Specifically, verse 12, that we might ask to be taught to count our days, that we may gain a wise heart. That we would use this time to allow God to prepare us to be the people that he wishes us to be as individuals, but also as a church. That when we think of time, we don't see it as merely numbers on a clock. but that we would know the true value, the true value of time. Let us pray. Father, we are so thankful for this day and the days that you've given us. And we pray that we would be focused on allowing your Holy Spirit to prepare our hearts that we might have that godly wisdom that has been sought by your people for so long. That when we look at things, we would see them through the lens of Jesus. We would have that greater understanding. And that we would come to that great understanding that death is never the end all through our faith in Jesus. 
So, Lord, we offer our hearts to you again this morning. Would you help us to be prepared as we go through this Advent season? And we ask it in your precious and mighty name. Amen. Amen.